Good evening, and welcome to a special edition of StarCast from Planet Waves. I'm Eric here with a quick check-in and hello and a little bit of astrology. Uh, The music you're listening to is me working out some kind of um, theme for the forthcoming annual edition somewhere in between. Actually spent a good part of the day working on the Aries chapter of that. Uh, my intent is to get into the writing to the point where it has life of its own as early as possible. And uh, as I have mentioned elsewhere, I've uh, completed all horoscopes out through the end of the year. This is uh, completely astonishing. I've never done anything like that ever in my entire career. So I will, uh, with any luck, have clear runway and uh, be able to kind of write this like a book. Um, I will be, uh, you know, adding a Thursday essay on top of horoscopes for subscribers, but those are those are pretty easy. And uh, and what I have planned for you tomorrow is um, your basic introduction to Sagittarius, one of my favorite signs to write about because I really like the deep space astronomy connected with Sagittarius. In particular, the core of our galaxy is there. And then there's this uh, essentially a kind of a deep space watershed uh, called Laniakea, which uh, pours into this thing called the Great Attractor right in the middle of, of Sag. But the sun is not there yet. Uh, I was, um, it's in the last degree of Scorpio. Uh, I work with the scanner on sometimes or, or often, leave it on low or just uh, periodically check in. So I'm listening to EMS radio. And that, for those of you not in the United States, and uh, in many places, that is a, uh, let's say it's an important privilege of uh, citizenship. You don't really have to be a citizen, but, you know, with it. So I think of it, and um, I think a uh, very helpful thing to be doing because it's w- one of the only ways you'll ever get information when there is a pinch and you need it. You cannot count on the internet being on uh, or those EMS feeds going over the internet. You can listen practically anywhere in the States or to EMS in the States. Uh but not if they cut the feed and not if the internet goes down. I'll, I'll do another talk on this uh, some other time, but I think you get the idea. Anyway, I was just listening and I noticed that the thing had kind of sprung to life, which it does periodically. And whenever it does, whenever I start hearing lots of calls and, um, you know, e- either frequent or unusual activity or particularly intense activity, uh, I check the astrology to see what is corresponding with that. Uh, that's, that. That's one of the ways that you learn mundane astrology is you just always keep an eye on it. Uh, and so I, I got a little bit of an eyeful. Uh, for one thing, uh, the sun is anoretic. The sun is in the, in, in the very last degree of, of Scorpio. It's 22 arc minutes into the last degree, so it's got about I guess that translates to about 18 hours from the time that I'm recording. And over the past 
day or two, a little more actually, but lining right up, uh, the Sun has been conjunct Mars and minor planet Ceres, the first ever discovered asteroid, kind of a dark, somewhat, uh, I mean, one of its expressions is kind of scorpionic. Um, and so it's been Sun, Mars, Ceres in a conjunction in very late Scorpio. The Sun has now overtaken uh, those two points. Really, of course, it's the Earth. If, if you're one of those uh, suckers who believes that the Earth orbits the Sun, I've been in a lot of conversations with uh, these really strange people who are trying to convince me that I live in an ant farm. But anyway, uh, so the movement of the sun is actually the movement of, of the earth, movement of the sun in a chart. And so, um, th but the sun's longitude is past that of Mars and Ceres. And, uh, it, and, and that, that would be enough on its own to have like the sun in, in the last degree of a sign, especially Scorpio, but to have it so close to Mars, and series has a kind of a sad tinge to it and uh, an emotional flavor to it. And, you know, it, it, it is Scorpio and it, it is uh, way out at the end. And uh, though I'm corresponding with people down in the non-existent Southern Hemisphere quite a bit these days, I tend to. Um, up here in the North, it is um, cold and the, the, the days are short. And, uh, and the nights are long, and that mingles in with the feeling of, uh, of, of late Scorpio. We're just a month away from solstice uh, when the, the, the great dynamo of the cosmos changes directions and the sun starts to move north again. Okay, so that, that, that is happening, that um, very late Scorpio Mars series sun. Um, and then I also noticed that um, Venus is uh, about to be opposite Chiron. Uh, that that happens on uh, Wednesday, I think. And that is a uh, a, a poignant aspect uh, that that can be associated with a lot of fear. It tends to be. Uh, something that comes with a sensation of being at the mercy of forces larger than yourself or uh, your feelings being out of control or so forth. Uh, so that's Venus opposite Chiron right now, tomorrow. That'll go through uh, Thanksgiving, but it'll be separating by then. Um, also, there's another opposition aspect, which is, uh, and it's going to be hanging out for a while, which is Vesta, the, uh, the fourth and brightest asteroid um, opposite Pholus. Is that, let me just check and make sure that Vesta is for Vesta. I should really know. Oh, yeah, it's, that's it is. I, so I, sometimes I'm very confident in knowing these things, and then sometimes uh, I get it wrong. So it's always worth checking. So yeah, Vesta, 1807, the fourth and brightest asteroid. Uh, Ceres is a lot bigger, but Vesta is a lot brighter. Goddess of fire. Goddess of the hearth. Goddess of the home. Goddess that uh, helps us... Uh, the, 
The archetype of Vesta helps us define space uh, as kind of an organizing principle, generally uh, organized around the hearth. So that's opposite Pholus, and there's a lot clustered around Pholus, a lot of minor planets. Pholus is a centaur, the second centaur, discovered in 1992, uh, and it, it tends to release, whereas Vesta tends to contain. So there's tension between the release property of Vesta, the kind of let it all out, sorry, the let it all out quality of Pholus, Right, Pholus is the uh, pressurized release or the opening of the lid uh, that can't really be closed. And then Vesta has this sensation of containment. So that, that's the, uh, the, the pull between those two things. Uh, Eris, somehow, uh, this, is, this is an odd, odd bit of timing, is... Um, is conjunct the lunar north node. This has gone on for weeks. Um, I guess their daily motion is so close that this is going on. Uh, and uh, still as yet, I've never seen such a thing, a, a planet uh, tracking the nodes. You know, they're both moving, so they they both have to be moving at um, at similar paces and they're um you know the nodes wobble back and forth and generally are retrograde uh, but the the conjunction is quite close it's only four arc minutes a very small fraction of um of a degree now one thing that is um amplifying the quality of this um mars series sun conjunction that i began with is that they are at making an aspect to Pluto in Capricorn. Pluto is at 2819 Cap, and Mars is at 2815 Scorpio, series 2836. It's very close, uh, a 60-degree angle. So there is mutual support and balance implied in this, but still... It is this mix of these um, kind of uh, darker shaded signs, Fe feminine, um, introspective, and uh, both Scorpio and Cap are a bit wintry, that autumny wintry flavor there. So the moon, uh, for its part, the moon was kind of in trigger warning mode today uh, it was four it was it's currently four degrees separating from nessus nessus is the asteroid associated with uh transgression and abuse themes and um victim consciousness these are not asteroids centaurs are not asteroids they're uh, they're they're much more expressive they move very slowly compared to Asteroids, so they're not that much bigger or smaller, but it's the speed of movement that uh, that determines the emphasis. Anyway, the moon about eight hours before now, so sometime this morning, Eastern Time, probably around ten a.m., uh, was uh, was conjunct Nessus. Now the moon is moving toward um, watery, dreamy, mystical 
Neptune, which uh, which it will do overnight. That conjunction will happen um, at about uh, four about four a.m. Eastern time, depending on the speed of the moon. Uh, and one last thing. Um, Mercury has been trying Chiron. So that opens up a certain kind of communication. Mercury is always about communication. A trine makes the communication possible. Sometimes uh, the, the trine will facilitate honest communication. Sometimes it will facilitate dishonest communication, which is not necessarily communication. But there is... Um, there is an idea within reach that might be a difficult idea to access otherwise when you've got a trine, for example, between Mercury uh, in Sag. So Mercury's got this um, spiritual flavor. Chiron, associated with Sag, is in Aries. Uh, that, that's what I've been writing about the last couple of hours, is the influence of Chiron in Aries. And this, this has been in the context of the Aries chapter of somewhere in between about, um, you know, the, the, how self-actualization feels. Let me, let me write a little, read. <laughs> I already wrote it. Read a little bit. Um, Because Chiron spends so long in Aries, nine years total, this has been coming in waves. The initiation quality, the sense of no return, the sense of initiation has been coming in waves. Uh, and sometimes they're separated by a couple of years, and then, uh, and then sometimes they, uh, they come in clusters where there are a lot of things all at once. You may have figured out that they share a common theme and are part of the same process. In two words, that is self-actualization. This can be summed up as, quote, becoming who you are, unquote, or maturing. Experiences of Chiron transits vary wildly <clears throat> among individuals. Even those who are self-aware and focus on their growth <clears throat> can have highly challenging experiences at the time of Chiron transits. Yet, despite any crisis or seeming setbacks, for most people, the general direction is upward and toward progress. And while this is not easy, with Chiron transits, there can be a sense of satisfaction from knowing that you're doing what must be done and growing in ways you knew you would have to embrace sooner or later. Basically, you could say catching up with yourself. It's fair to say the Chiron brings up everything unlike itself. That requires special handling. In a time when few people have access to therapy or even the concept, um, and uh, they, or, nor counseling or an astrologer qualified to assist with this kind of transit. Uh, so... The, that all is a little bit more in reach. I'm curious your experience of uh, the past couple of days. I'll be the 20th and the um, and the 21st. All of it adds up to um, to to a sky that's uh, ra rapidly changing. This Venus Chiron is going to peak real soon, right around the time that the Sun uh, enters Sagittarius, and then have a whole new 
scenario. We go from this uh, deep, dark, watery, introspective um, energy field of of, uh, Scorpio blended with Capricorn, especially so, right, Um, to this much more questing uh, and uh, outwardly exciting, um, adventurous sign Sag. All right. Monthly horoscope comes out for my subscribers. We'll have that out on, on Thanksgiving evening. We're going to wrap it up on, uh, on, on Wednesday night. If you're a subscriber, it'll be in your subscriber feed. Just go to my account on the planet waves website. Everyone else is going to get it, uh, at some point on Thursday evening. I am planning planet waves FM, uh, it will, as I have promised, be the last ambitious program of the year. Um, and I'm going to have simpler ones, a little more like this, a little bit less guest, a little bit less newsy. Uh, I've had it up up to here with uh, with the issues and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But got an exciting program planned for you on uh, on uh, on Friday. I will not say who my guests are, uh, but they are both scheduled for their conversations, and I'm looking forward to both of them wildly different topics all right uh so thanks for hanging out and thanks for checking out the somewhere in between annual edition uh there there is a card located on substack feed or on the my account feed or or link on the my account feed it's easy to find or you go right to planetwaves.net on the front page uh, this may be my last annual edition. I've done this uh, 26 times. Uh, that that is uh, that is more than enough. Um, and uh, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna write 60,000 words in a few weeks. Maybe this is the last time, but I'm gonna make it good on that basis. Always is. I always uh, aspire to be a little bit better than I was last time in any event if i don't uh, catch you until thursday probably that's when i'll probably tack a star cast onto the monthly horoscope with an introduction to sagittarius astrology elaborated a little bit more thanks for listening thank you for your loving and kindness and your business and your trust bye for now